0: Two on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, SportsNet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer today. It's NFL time, it's NFL talk time. Joining us now, National NFL reporter at fan sided. Matt Verderam back on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet six fifty. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Doing well, how are you? Uh, We're good, thanks. Are you ready to jump into some QB battles, some really inspiring QB battles, and who's going to emerge the victor? Because that's what I want to do to start today. And I want to start with Seattle, the most inspiring QB battle of them all, uh, Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. Now, Pete Carroll has said that this is still technically an open competition, but uh, Jason especially was very skeptical about that claim, suggesting that this is probably going to be Geno Smith's gig when they open up against the Broncos in Week 1. How do you see this one playing out in Seattle?
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if, if Drew Locke starts. Uh, it feels like Geno Smith, who's been there, knows the offense a little better. He'll probably get denied. Um, let's, let's be realistic. I don't think there's a ton of upside for either guy, and I don't think that either guy is going to play all 17 games. I'd be shocked. I think it's probably going to be, you know, Geno starts X amount of games, Locke starts the other handful, right? So, But I think Week 1... When Denver rolls into town on Monday Night Football, I would expect to see Geno Smith under center. I think that makes the most sense for a variety of reasons. Also, Hurt Lock, not his fault, but he gets COVID in the preseason. Right. can't make the one start he was scheduled to make. I think that hurts. Uh, that was an opportunity to kind of showcase himself. So, uh, I do expect that Geno Smith will start.
0: Okay, so Geno Smith there. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. It's Mitch Trubisky. It's Kenny Pickett. Um, I, how do you see this one playing out? I Here's my thought before we get into yours is that it kind of feels it's getting to the point that, well, if... Pickett's gonna be the guy eventually, anyway. Why wait and just not do it now?
1: Yeah, all right. Pickett's actually played really well in the preseason. That's I true. Like nineteen to twenty-two, and I granted it's been against second and third teamers, but he's played well. He's done his job. He's the park. Um Everybody knows who Mitchell Trubisky is. Okay, he's a lone starter. He's a, he's probably a pretty high-end backup, and I think in Pittsburgh, I, I think. Just knowing the way that organization operates, I think he will probably be the start of week one, Trubisky. Um I, I think they'll they'll be a little conservative, they'll let the veteran play. Because the hard thing is, in those situations, if you if you start Pickett and he's not ready, then you have to bench him. Right. And it looks awful. Even if it's not, even if it's fine you know, and, and the player understands it looks really bad. It sends a message that you're not trying to send. So I think you're better off starting Trubisky. And then, you know what, when Trubisky has a bad game, plays a couple bad games, then you say, all right, you know what, now we go to Kenny Pickett, and all of a sudden he's coming in as, as you know, the, the, the savior uh, instead of being a guy who week one on, maybe they don't play well against Cincinnati. And then all of a sudden it's a well, then we put him into shoes, benched. I, I think it gives you a little bit more leeway.
0: This isn't a QB battle so much, but a QB concern, at least from what I saw in limited showing last night, Trey Lance with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, It was not a good performance yesterday in a shutout loss to Houston. Uh, He completed seven passes for 49 yards, which is cool because he plays for the 49ers, so there's some symmetry there. It's not cool in the context of playing quarterback well. He didn't make a big deal of it. Shanahan didn't make a big deal of it. But should there be cause for concern based on what you've seen about Trey Lance going into this season in San Fran?
1: Some, yeah, there should be. Um, look, I think Lance has a lot of talent, so I was drafted third overall. I also think it's fair to say he has not played a lot of football the last couple of years. He was sparingly used last season. He only started two games. Um, he he barely played the year prior to that, North Dakota State. only played one game because of COVID. So he, he has not played a lot of football. And you're, you're kind of operating off of what you think he's going to be based off of these traits that he has. You're not really basing it off of a ton of film. And any film he had with the Bison in North Dakota State, or let's be real. I mean, he was playing against schools that were, you know, small school opponents. And you're not not—you're not seeing the Alabamas and the Georgians of the world playing there. So you are kind of evaluating based off what you hope he can become more than what he is. And you, you watched that game last night. I went back. I watched all the throws. The one concern you have, and it's a concern because guys typically don't get better with this is his accuracy. There right. were times last night, he missed two or three throws that were just wide open, eight yards in front of him. I, I, there was a throw that kittle hit. I, I, got, I mean, most anybody in the NFL, he just hit that throw 10 times out of 10. It was a quick little stick route, a seven-yard route. He hit right on him and just sailed it in front of him. It doesn't mean he, he can't end up being a great quarterback, but I do think for the Niners, the expectation should probably be this is going to be a little bumpy at first. I would be surprised if he comes in and he's just absolutely dynamite out of the chute.
2: Uh, when are the 49ers going to cut Jim, Jimmy G, and where is he going to go?
1: Well, uh, smart money would say August 30th because that is the cut-down date to 53. However, his, his number doesn't guarantee, his cap number doesn't guarantee, I believe until the day for the season, September 10th. So if they wanted to, they can carry Garoppolo for an extra 10 days, now, I don't know if that does them a whole lot of good. Like, there's the preseason will be done by then. The only game that will be played before that date is the Bills and the Rams. So unless somebody got, unfortunately, hurt in that game, like, it is what it is. I, I think he probably gets cut August 30th. That would be my guess. Um, and then you start looking at it and saying, okay, well, where does he go? I, I, think, I think if you're Jimmy Garofalo, you wait. You wait it out. And you try to find a situation where you feel like, hey, I've got a chance to play because you're trying to showcase yourself for another contract. You don't want to go somewhere and be a backup. I mean, maybe, maybe it's Cleveland. I think that's kind of the obvious place everybody's looking at, going, okay, well, well will Cleveland pay a fourth quarterback this year? Um, it's possible. He's better than Jacoby Brissett is, mm. and that would give them a shot of making the playoffs. I think, but. Um, if he doesn't go there, if I'm Garofalo, I'm just waiting because unfortunately guys do get hurt. Somebody will go down, um, and then he can step in and he can he can show why he's deserving of another deal next off
0: We're speaking to Matt Verderam, national NFL reporter at FanSided. Let's stay on the subject of the Cleveland Browns because the majority of the conversations that we've had have dealt with Deshaun Watson and um, the, the cases against him and an offseason filled with controversy and then culminating with the suspension. What do you think is the plan? For Cleveland now, because you know it, it's such a weird dynamic that they're going to get him back at some point this season, probably with enough time to be in a playoff chase. Assuming they haven't played their way out of it. So, what you're saying with Garoppolo kind of makes sense because you don't want to torpedo a season with Jacoby Brissett back there. But maybe you feel that you can tread water with Brissett. How do you think it'll play out in
1: Cleveland? I think they're gonna have a hard time, especially in that conference, staying in the playoff because. If you look at their schedule Their first six games are really, really easy You know, they get the Falcons They get the Jets, they get the Steelers at home like they, get, they get games They can win They could easily be, you know, 500 after Even with percent playing The problem is With this new permanent suspension here of 11 games In four of those Five games They play really, really good teams They play the Bucks, the Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers actually, I think they also play the Ravens. So I believe actually all five of those games are really difficult. Like, that is – I have a hard time seeing Brissett beating any of those games. I, I just don't think they're going to be – no, you know, maybe could they pull an upset they beat somebody? Sure. Um, but I think they're going to have a hard time being better than about four and seven. And even if they're five and six, in that conference, even with Watson back, it's not like they're just going to go six and oh. Like, maybe they go four and two or something, and they're nine and eight. Um I, I just think that the too tough, the conference is too tough. You lose your starting quarterback for essentially two-thirds of the season. I, I don't think they're making that up. Uh,
0: one final one before we let you go, Matt, and it's probably the most recent news outside of Trey Lance not looking great. Yesterday, a brawl between the Bengals and the Rams at a joint practice-slash-scrimmage yesterday. And the images that went viral, of course, were Aaron Donald wielding not one But two Bengals helmets, swinging them around. The video was circulating yesterday. A Cincinnati Inquirer photographer actually got some pretty good footage of it. Um, What do you expect to come from this? Will there be any significant discipline, or is this just going to be something that is handled in-house, which might be a benefit to the Rams, because they can deal with the punishment as opposed to, say, the NFL, if this was in a
1: game? Yeah, look, the league typically lets the teams handle issues at practice. I mean, that, is, that has always been the way they've operated. So to, to step in here and suspend Donald and find Donald from the league office would be a big break in precedent. Uh, now, it is a little different. It's a joint practice. So th- there is a little bit of a, of a different angle involved, but it's still practice. Like, I, I did a video yesterday for FanSide where I essentially said, look, I know there are a lot of fans that are going to be screaming, especially at Cleveland. Suspend them, suspend them, suspend them based off what happened with Miles Garrett in 2019 when he, when he cracked Mason Rudolph over the head. Mm. A couple differences: it was in a game, it was in prime time, which people can say shouldn't matter, but it does matter. Yep. in prime time. And on top of that, Rudolph didn't have a helmet on. Uh, the, as as ugly as the incident was yesterday, nobody got hurt. It was in a practice. It you know, wasn't in front of millions and millions of people, and God knows that clip will circulate enough people will see it, but. I don't think he's going to get suspended. I, I could see the team internally. Maybe maybe there's a fine. But it's Aaron Donald. The, the Rams are going to suspend him for the Bills game? <laughs> They're not going to do that. So um, my, my guess would be it's going to be a talking to. The league might even have a little chat with, with Mr. Donald. But I think beyond that, I don't think there's going to be any disciplinary action handed down.
0: Matt, this was great, man. Thanks a lot for doing this. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. We'll do this again as we get closer to the start of the NFL season.
1: Thanks a lot, guys. Take care.
0: Yeah, thank you, too. That's Matt Verderam. Uh, fan-sided NFL national reporter here on the Health and Brush Show on Sportsnet
2: 650. So, did you watch Trey Lance play for the 49ers? Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Houston, I, watched, I watched the highlight package. You yesterday. watched the highlight and it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> More great. like low lights. Right. Um, so, Jimmy G, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I was reading an article where a reporter was saying that around the 49ers, they think Jimmy G is going to Seattle.
0: Yeah, and I can can understand why. I don't agree with it. I can understand why a lot of people do.
2: Well, what do you not agree with? I don't
0: Well, I don't think they... I'm with you on this. I think they should be a bad year for the Seahawks. I think they should be bad.
2: I think the worst thing is to be the mushy middle. Take what you think out of the equation. Do you think that if Jimmy G is cut by the 49ers and the Seahawks can add him, that they will try and add him.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
2: I think they yeah. might, too.
0: Yeah, I think they will. He, here's the thing. Uh, he is a guy that has a track record of winning mm-hmm. in the NFL, yep. has a track record of not turning the ball over all that often. Mm-hmm. His problem is that he's not super accurate, and he's not a really dynamic quarterback. He's a... You can't make things happen as much as some yeah, other guys. He's, a, he's, a, he's an above average... He's, you can't even call him a game manager because, you know, some of his numbers actually jump pretty good, mm-hmm. he's got somewhere between a 65-68 completion percentage, which is great. Um, he, he gets the ball in guys' hands to make plays. Like, the yards per catch is pretty high with him. A lot of that has to do with the fact he was playing with Debo Samuel. Right. Where it's like, here, go, run. Now right? run! Yeah, no, Run, Debo! Run for your life! And then I think... Um, there's going to be something intriguing to teams that say, yeah, he's 30 and he's had injuries, but he hasn't played that much.
2: If I was Garoppolo, I would much prefer to go to the Seahawks than I would to Cleveland because when you go to Cleveland, first of all, you've got all this attention around you with the Deshaun Watson situation, and you've also got you know, Deshaun Watson. So what if you put the Browns into a playoff position and then Deshaun Watson just takes over after – 11 games, right? That, well, that's, it's, it's that's not, not it's, ideal. Yeah. In, in Seattle, I think Jimmy G would clearly be the best quarterback with Geno Smith there.
0: Definite upgrade over both. Like you can't you can't yeah. deny that, right?
2: And Drew Locke, right? Yeah. And also there's that revenge factor. Mm-hmm. Right? You're in the NFC West with the 49ers. I'll show you. You've got pretty good receivers in Lockett and Metcalf. Right, it. it, I think that would be a winning situation for Jimmy Garoppolo because the plan, really, for him is to just play well this season and then get another big contract.
0: Like one of the offshoots that I've heard about um, the reason why Pete's doing this sort of song and dance about who the starter is going to be is that he might actually be waiting for something else to shake loose around the league. Yeah. Because let's be honest, if they knew Geno Smith was the guy, they would have said it already. Right, like the guy I'm talking about. Um, we think that he'll actually be our week one starter. And this is regardless of what's going right. on around the league. Yeah. Because other teams have gone and done this already. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Panthers made no bones about making Baker Mayfield the choice a while ago. Yeah. Right? You know that not much is going to change in the final week of the preseason, even if the, the club says it. They saw Geno Smith last year, and they saw exactly what he's going to be mm-hmm. ceiling-wise. He's good enough to keep in some games, but he's bad enough to lose you those games. And that's a problem for a team that, again, I disagree with the philosophy, but with Pete Carroll and the way that he's wired, and I think John Schneider too, I think they talk themselves into thinking that they can do a lot of things that maybe they're not necessarily equipped to do. Like I think they've got uh, higher expectations than most for this year. They're not talking about a rebuild. They're not talking about, you know, there's going to be pain
2: on the horizon. There's none of that. You know, they're talking about
0: being a good competitive football team.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it's in, as they would say in a cliche way, it's not in Pete Carroll's DNA to intentionally lose or put together a team that's supposed to lose no matter what's available in the next draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, the former Bath guy, will do a few ask us anythings. Ask us anything. If you guys were on the Titanic when it hit the iceberg, what would you do to save yourselves?
3: I'd, so- be, I'd be screwed. I'd be the guy that's falling down right away that hits everything on the way down. <laughs> <You're> like, that, <laughs> that would be me. That would be at, you? At, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a musical guy, you would be with the band. Well, you'd I be would with be. the band.
2: Yeah,
0: you just play until you're done. Yep, that's it.
2: No, you, you, you'd be like, what are we doing sitting around playing the cello? Let's get out of here. Guys, <laughs> the, sink is, the sink is shipping. What, do I play the bass, it's so heavy.
0: <laughs> um, you intentionally say the sink is shipping? That was good is one one. that an That's accent? a Halford. You pulled a big-time
2: Halford there. Sometimes that's... we misspeak, Dom. Sometimes that happens. No, oh, but I didn't okay. know if you were
0: doing that Purposely or by accident? Um, by accident. Okay. On the su- so I know that there are a lot of Titanic enthusiasts. I bet there's a big Reddit sub forum on just Titanic stuff. Yeah. like it's become an industry to itself. The mm-hmm. historians and people that are really into it. I don't know an awful lot, other than I'm pretty sure that the ship sunk and didn't make it. Do you right? remember? Is that the spo- spoiler for the <laughs> movie?
3: Do you remember on the old show when Alfred or when Bob said he was going to watch a Titanic documentary yeah. and he. Seriously, said please, no spoilers. Yeah, like <laughs> on the air. Say? I remember it was one of the first shifts I ever worked with you guys, and I was like, I'm gonna watch a Titanic documentary. Please do not spoil it for me.
2: So, and I, and I just sort of looked at you for a second, like, I don't remember that. How do you, at all. yeah, I'm like, how do you, was sh- it a joke? No, you were serious. You're a like, Titanic documentary, yeah, some documentary you must have been joking.
3: And you're like, please do not spoil this for me. I'm like, how do you,
0: I, yeah, I think like, that was probably a joke, not- guys. I really want to see Last Passion of the Christ. Here? Don't tell me how this ends. <laughs>
3: He might make it this time.
0: <laughs> did he escape? So to a, answer, in a way, in a way, <laughs> yeah, in a way. You know what? Um, okay. To focus on Adam, the former bath guy's question here. I don't know what the actual modes of escape and safety were on the Titanic.
2: I feel like there wasn't many. No, like did women and children get.
0: But what did they get?
2: They, they were there priority were there? to the lifeboats. Yeah. The there boat weren't boat, enough yeah. lifeboats for everyone. Have you seen but. the movie? Have you not seen the movie Titanic? Bits and pieces. What do you mean, bits and pieces? DiCaprio
0: paints a naked lady. Is that correct? That's yes. the same one. Yeah. Okay. I've. I don't think I've sat down and watched the whole thing. So you like, didn't see it in the tip, theaters? Tip to tail. No. To be no? honest, it's it's, one of the.
3: It, uh, one of the. Uh, what? You didn't like it? Honestly, I find Titanic a little overrated. I've seen it a couple times. It's fine. Like, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But it won like twelve Oscars, and I remember even as a kid being like, "Really? Like, it's good." As a kid, you were like, even I didn't even get it then. It I'll, insists upon itself. It's, yeah. <laughs> the Godfather of my time. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know. Dress up like a woman or something Grab a like door.
0: That. Grab a <laughs> door and just float. Hope for the best. Yeah
2: grab a door and float.
0: That's yeah. not terrible.
3: It is very cold water, of course. We should know. Should yeah, but yeah.
2: If, if Rose can survive. so oh. right. well, Ro- Rose, are, yeah. Well, okay, Rose. Spe- speaking of- Very selfish move. Speaking of- Can you scooch over just a little bit so I can- <laughs> Nope, nope.
0: This is just for me. Just, just a little scooch. <laughs> I need my just space. A, yeah. Just a
2: little scooch over, just a little, just a little,
0: little, just a little bit. Um, on the subject of the water being very cool, you know what movie I stumbled upon the other day and started watching, and I regretted it because it was late at night, and it did not help my mental state? Open water.
3: Oh, I haven't seen that. Do you remember that movie? The shark one, right?
0: No, uh, well, sort of. I mean, there's lots of other things that are going on. Husband and wife go scuba diving on vacation. I think it was a vacation. I don't think it was our honeymoon. I think it was a vacation. And they decide to break apart from the group and go a little bit deeper to explore more. Yeah. And the group does an improper head count when they come back above water and take off. Okay. So the husband and wife are literally just bobbing up and down in open water in the middle of nowhere. What happened at the end? Spoiler. Spoil Uh, it for me. Spoil it for me. You know what? Neither of them make it. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Is that just the end of it? (laughs) It's the end of it. Definitely the end of it for them. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Is it almost just them having a conversation about-
0: well, a lot of things happen. Obviously, they start becoming under attack. They get stung by a jellyfish. They get they get attacked oh. by sharks and everything. And
2: but
3: it's just it's too much. Sounds like a shit. real crowd pleaser. It's, like <laughs> it's like a darker version of Homer and Flanders in the lifeboat. Like pretty much. Yeah, like, but it's. I mean,
0: it's it's just re- it's also like you know you talk about being in the vast unknown of the yeah. water where you Ugh. can't see anything anywhere, and you just realize that like slowly you're gonna. Mm -hmm. die as opposed to this is going to be a quick and painless one you're just going to bob out there until maybe somebody finds you right but you can't swim like he says at the beginning of the film she's like should we start swimming and he's like honey i hate to tell you this but the current and the tides are going to decide where we go Mm -hmm. we're not swimming anywhere right concept
2: is
3: terrifying
0: it's awful to watch and they also thanks
2: so much for bringing it up this morning now everyone in, uh, enjoying their drive to work. Now I'm in a bit of a panic.
0: Yeah, well that's what that's what the whole movie is about because it's also kind of shot. We like, all
2: kind of just bobbing in the water, aimlessly, of life. aimlessly right. uh, on life, and there is no escape. Trying to swim against the tides. Here's <laughs> one from Rory, the delivery guy. <laughs> well, Ask us anything. The if, fish start eating the open leg. Have you, on you your seen legs? open
3: water too? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the revenge. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. If there was a royal Rumber, rumble, uh, see, I misspoke, Dom. If there was a Royal Rumble just for NHL head coaches. Oh wow. Who Great do you point. guys think would win it? Robod Brindamore. 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 Yeah, I terrifying. think Dean Evison would have something to say about it though.
0: Is he not maybe a little bit too old? Like he's a little aged. I think he'd want to. Looks terrifying. He looks like Creed Bratton from The
2: Office. He is born 1964. Uh, Brenda Moore is born 1970. Yeah, so Brenda Moore's got six years on him. Like Brenda Moore still looks like he could maybe play. Right. And
0: you know when they show all those dressing room clips from the Canes where he's doing his address,
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like he's just waiting for an opportunity to take his shirt off and sit down next to somebody. You know there is a new, uh, I would say, candidate to win that, and that would be Luke Richardson. Yeah. the new head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, one of the the greatest body checkers yes. uh, in NHL history. Um, you don't think Boudreaux would stand a chance I was even just with his
3: say. breadth of wrestling knowledge? And his
2: finisher His finisher, his finisher yeah.
0: would
3: be called Bruce There It Is. <laughs>
0: I get real sort of That's like, not bad, actually. Yeah, I get That would be pretty good. I don't know what the finishing move would be. Some sort of belly splash. I would <laughs> For sure. Right? Right? <laughs> Like there's a there's a King Kong Bundy George yes. Animal Steel vibe going on there. This isn't me being a jerk. This is everyone that's thinking it right now. Bruce All would of,
2: appreciate this. Yeah, right. He'd be like, ah, I need a turnbuckle. He'd
0: have the one black singlet across his chest, right? <laughs> like that would be anyway. I think, but he, so he's got the benefit of being a huge wrestling fan and loving it. He's got the the, the con, of course. He, is he'd being be doing like the bootleg. eye rakes. Yeah, eating the turnbuckle. That would yeah. be something. Uh, I'm looking through the list now. Like, there's not a ton of guys that jump off the page. Right. Right? Like, I mean, Brindamore was such an obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Gerard Gallant was a, a mean, nasty, tough of business piece of business when he played, but I'm not thinking there. Marty St. Louis, he'd be like a luchador who'd probably. Be the, who'd be the first out? Well, Bruce, maybe. <laughs> maybe Bruce. I mean, he's the oldest coach in the NHL, right? Rick Bonus. Bonus would not have a good time in there, right? Bonus would have to be like a manager, like Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, I feel like there's some good Heenan vibes there going on. You you've got the right choices though. Brindamore, Richardson, Peter DeBoer would be like Paul Bear. He's got real Undertaker vibes. Like Peter Peter DeBoer looks like an actual Undertaker.
2: He kind of does. Yeah, he always looks exhausted.
0: He's got the suit that he's had for ten years and it doesn't fit really well. Mm-hmm. And he looks constantly Like you said, he looks constantly tired.
2: Right. He's with Dallas now, right? Yes. Like, you know what? It's, 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 it's kind of hard to actually keep up with Pete DeBoer sometimes. And there was a lot of coaching changes this off season. Yep. Uh, Tyler Zickel is going to join us next. Talk a little Vancouver Canadians. Uh, if you haven't been out to the Nat yet this summer, you got to get out there and you got to get out there quick because there's only a couple of uh, series left. They're currently in their second to last home series. Uh, They are six game series, but I think there's like, I want to say like eight games left for the C's that Nat Bailey, uh, they are pushing for the playoffs. So we'll talk to Tyler about that. Stick around though for the entire show because at 8.30, Mayor Doug McCallum from Surrey is going to join us to talk about his stadium proposal for Surrey. It's the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. It insists
4: upon itself. It insists upon itself. The Godfather insists upon itself. It insists. It insists upon itself. It insists upon itself. It insists upon itself. It insists upon itself. No, wait! I agree with all of you.
0: 732 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. The Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650 is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Today, everybody, today is the last of Delari's five days save event. August 23rd to 27th. Today, of course, is the 26th. I lied. There's one more day. Uh, get into any of the three dealerships we mentioned on the regular. Go to Berard Acura on Terminal Avenue. A $500 gas card is available with every pre-owned vehicle purchase. Visit them online, brardacura.ca. You can check out their pre-owned inventory. You can make your selection online. You can go in and buy a car, and then you get $500 bucks in free gas. How awesome is that? Uh, We're going to talk to Tyler Zickel, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canadians, in a second here. A reminder, we're doing ticket giveaways for the Seas and for the Lions. It's our last day of doing it today. So, get a What We Learned in, hashtag WWL. You know what? We'll throw the Ask Us Anythings into the pile as well. Hashtag AUA or WWL. At random, A dog and Nephew Dom will pick two winners. And we'll announce it at the end of the show. So it's not just your chance to be on the radio; it's your chance to win tickets to see the Lions or the Vancouver Canadians. Speaking of the seas, let's go to the phone lines now. As mentioned, play-by-play man Tyler Zickel joins us now on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning,
4: Tyler. How are you, guys? Good morning. Coming to you from the Capri seat at the Nat Fortis BC Nooner later today. Couldn't be better.
0: 7:34 in the morning, and you're already at work. What a what a what a dedicated employee. It's, good. it's a Nooner today, right? So you got to get there early.
4: Got to get it started early, and hey, to be on the Hufford and Bruff, uh, I'll get up early after a late-night battle last night, no problem. Well, I
0: was going to say, last night's game, another thriller, uh, goes long, lead changes back and forth like crazy, sees win 10-9, and it was also a win in front of another packed house at
4: Nat Bailey, so the crowds are responding as well right now. The home field advantage is so huge. Last year was my first year with the Seas. We were down in Hillsboro, as we all know by now. And the home field advantage that these fans here in Vancouver provide, it is noticeable, it is palpable, and it shows up in the record books, too. That was the 18th win in 26 home games in the second half. And uh, no wonder the Seas are are chasing down those Eugene Emeralds for the second half title and battling for a postseason spot right now.
2: So can you lay out the playoff scenarios for the Seas?
4: Yeah, it's kind of wild. So it's only six teams in the Northwest League. used to be eight before the pandemic, and they shrunk minor league baseball all across the sport. So now with these six teams, it's a split schedule. There's a first-half champ and a second-half champ. The Giants' affiliate in Eugene, the Emeralds, they won the first half, and now they're in the mix to win the second half as well. So if they should win the second half also, since their ticket is already punched, The team with the second best overall record from April 8th opening day to September 11th, the last day of the regular season, is going to make the postseason to take on the Emeralds in the best of five series that starts September 12th. So that's really a one or a two-team competition between the Seas and the Spokane Indians, the Rockies affiliate, who coincidentally enough are going to host the Canadians at Avista Stadium for seven games in six days next week. And as we wake up this morning, the Indians are a half game back of the Canadians in those overall standings. So nobody knows what's going to go down. Vancouver has their destiny in their own hands, but by no means is everything settled just yet.
2: Who has been the best sushi racer this year?
4: Well, I mean, the fans have loved Chef Wasabi. He has continued to put up uh, by staying shutting up as a mascot. Of course, they don't talk, but he has been fantastic. I would say Sadaharu Soy has been a sneaky fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Trusted Chef Wasabi last night to help him towards the finish line. And, of course, we all know Wasabi at the end of the day. He's an eye guy. Can't spell Wasabi without an eye. So, once again, he took the title.
2: I was at the game on Tuesday, and Wasabi, I'll be honest with you, was terrible. He didn't look like he'd prepared. <laughs> he finished near last. And I, I just wondered, like, is it a consistency issue with him sometimes or does he get a little bit cocky?
4: I think it's the latter. It's an ego thing. He's not necessarily a good locker room guy. Uh, somebody that you, you definitely are reluctantly, begrudgingly pleased to have on your side. But uh, at the end of the day, we put up with him. You mentioned something interesting
0: there about the home field advantage with the season. I'm, I, I worked there close to 20 years ago like when Nick Swisher came through town and Joe Blanton and everybody else and I lived with a couple of the ball players and they said you don't really understand what it's like to start out your major league career in a city and market as nice and as good as Vancouver like no disrespect to some of the other uh, cities on this circuit but Pasco, Washington and Hillsboro, Oregon like it's just it's it's almost night and day with where you get to play who you get to play in front of, and then how the city has really responded this year to the Seas being back. I mean, I've gone to a bunch of games this summer. It's always a good, really electric crowd. I'm sure that's got to rub off on the players.
4: 100%. It's a big league operation in a big league city here at the Nat, and it's certainly a place that these C's players hear about before they come here and of course now that the Canadians are high A for the Jays instead of rookie level you're getting a older guy who's already been in the system for a little bit but then you're also getting guys a couple of draft picks from this year one in the fifth round one in the sixth round both college guys they're already contributing in the bullpen so you're getting that mix of veteran minor leaguers exciting top prospects right now the Canadians have seven of the top 30 prospects for the Blue Jays, and then you also get guys who are starting their pro career in fact last night's winning pitcher Mason Flewharty out of Liberty, a fifth round pick this year, got his first professional win. So you're really getting a mix of everything that's great about being in the J system right now at this exciting time for Toronto, plus being in this fantastic city with these incredible fans and the players... They come here from Dunedin, Florida, and the Florida State League, where they're playing in front of maybe 150 right. fans at best. And then they come here, and it's an entirely different world. And that is entirely because of the fans supporting this team in the way they have over the years.
0: Big weekend coming up, obviously. It's going to be nice weather. There's going to be three games in the NAT. It begins today at 105 with the Nooner. Uh, set the table before we let you go for the listeners here. What to expect over the final three games of this homestand against Hillsboro?
4: So Nooner Today, 105, getting it started. You can hear it here on 650. Then tomorrow, our second-to-last postgame fireworks extravaganza of the season. And as always, as we wrap up every series, A&W Family Fun Sundays. This weekend, a backpack giveaway. Gone for seven games in six days. And then the last regular season home game, home series rather, uh, September 6th through 11th. Ironically enough, it's against those Eugene Emeralds. So it could be a playoff preview over those last six regular season games. And of course, got to make the plug, CanadiansBaseball.com is the spot for tickets, info, all the stuff you need to follow along during the playoff run.
0: Yeah, if you didn't say it, I was going to. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, everybody get out to the NAT. It should be a great time over the course of the three games. Tyler, thanks for doing this, bud. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy uh, the weekend. We'll do this again soon.
4: Thanks, guys. Hope those arms are still doing okay after your first pitches. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> thanks, Tyler.
2: Mine Cheer fell in. off.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tyler Zickel, the play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canadians, here on the Halpern and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Okay. Um, why don't we do a couple quick Ask Us Anythings before we go to Paul Jones live from Victoria because he was on the call for Canada-Argentina last
2: week. Donkey texts in with an Ask Us Anything. Do you guys bring your own drinks, bring your own beer, booze to the golf course? My group and I got in trouble last weekend by the cart girl. Hmm. First time a cart girl has ever broached the subject. Uh, I have. I uh, Traditionally, I'm too lazy to get everything together, mm-hmm. uh, but I have. But I always buy at the course as well.
0: Right. I think that's the big distinction. Mm-hmm. If you brought a couple, but then yeah. you also buy some from the cart girl. I think there's an um, an understanding there, right? Like he, I don't think any of these golf courses are starving or mm-hmm. in poverty. Like they don't necessarily need your drink cart money. But there's a girl that probably is. Or or guy, I don't want to yeah. specify, but there's someone there that's probably working in part for gratuities, right? The other thing too, as I get older, I feel like it's maybe more part of the the like it's, it's not like part of the experience, but just part of the gig. Like you buy some beers if you're going to drink on the course from the establishment. Yeah, right.
2: because you're not like a struggling student yeah, anymore.
0: Yeah, right? I don't have a backpack loaded with PBR. Like I'm I'm, right. I'm ready to spend, I mean, it's not cheap, but like, yeah. Yeah, nine bucks for a tall boy, here we go.
2: Yeah, this guy bragging about buying drinks. No, it's yes. A, yeah, <laughs> bragging about it. Poco Mark, Jason, what is your favorite reasonably priced golf course? You know what? The other day I played Riverway in Burnaby, and I paid 55 bucks midweek. Great experience, great golf course. So I'll do a little shout out to Riverway Golf Course. Normally I'll play, the ones I play in Vancouver the most are probably Fraser View and UBC. McCleary I find beats me up. I don't know about the walk. The walk at McCleary is hard. It doesn't look like River it's hard, McCleary. but it, it, it's hard. And I'm, I'm old and tired and I still carry my bag, so... Um, yeah, I'm looking for a more of a flat walk. Riverway is not a bad walk at all.
0: Scott in North Van with an Ask Us Anything. How the catfish does bruff work with Halford? I uh, listen-
2: phew, not easy.
0: I listened to the podcast yesterday and Halford didn't know what he was reading. Scrambling, looking for his show notes. Can't formulate words. My God, man, pulled it together. Do we ha- did I have a rough show yesterday? I don't remember yesterday being off. You always particular?
2: kind of have a, a bit of a rough one, but that's part of your charm. It's right? part yeah. of the experience. It's yeah, yeah, part, part of, of my charm. Allure. That's yeah.
0: your baseline. That's, yeah. that's, my, that's my baseline. Nice. Uh,
2: Colin and Tawasson with a, what we learned people are having trouble speaking today that, or I'm actually listening to Hufford and Bruff, and my sink is shipping. You, you know, sometimes, sometimes people misspeak.
3: I apologize.
2: Yeah. I like genu- Dom, Dom has brought this up. making a joke. Well, I'm what, would the, what would the, what would the, what would the, the joke be?
0: That you intentionally said that the, uh.
2: No, that was like, uh, was uh you know what I said the other day too? At home, Halford, wow. I'm not even joking. I said seated heats. Nice. Yeah.
3: I thought I, yeah, I'm glad that I got that into the vernacular. Did a single tear roll down your eye after you said that? (laughs) And do you
2: know know why I said it? I said it because my back was uh, on the golf course, had tightened up a little bit, and it was a very hot day, and I was saying that I turned on the heated seats in my car on the drive home, so I would have that to kind of loosen up my back a little bit, It's like 30 degrees out and i have my seated heats on i mean my heated seats seated heats though like everyone knows what you're
0: saying like on everyone knew
2: like, like everyone saying. knew
0: what you were saying when you said the ship or sink is shipping like everyone knew what you were saying right yeah
2: i mean i i am mad at myself are you uh yeah cuz if you you know screw up a joke i'm still trying that's to figure the out worst, i'm still right? trying to
0: figure out what i did that was so poor yesterday that it caused someone to text in today. Because well, I, mean, I, th- I thought yesterday was just about as run-of-the-mill as every other yeah. show. By yeah. the way, you know you're getting old when the uh, functionality of the seated heats isn't to warm your back up on a cold day. It's to loosen it. Because- loosen it up. <laughs> yep. I've loosen used it. it up. I've used it for that. I've also used yeah. it to keep food warm. What? But- yeah. When you yeah. do, when you do when you pick it up when like I you do takeout
2: do you put on a little seatbelt and be like you hang in there little guy
0: I put a hat on it a toque yeah. it doesn't work that way. it does it, does. it works it? with pizza Dom would know I deliver pizza yeah
2: really so you so you do you have your your seated heats on the whole I time
0: I do yeah uh, yeah I mean Keeps it's not like one. let's not get it wrong it's not like a microwave it's not gonna keep it super <laughs> hot <laughs> but it's 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 something put the broiler on <laughs> yeah just it, it it works to a certain degree that your food probably won't go cold. But it's not like a, a very adequate. It's not like barbecue or a microwave,
2: obviously. Dan, Texan, fifty-five dollars is cheap for a round of golf. I haven't golfed in years. It was thirty-five dollars tops last time I was on the course. Dan, there's been there's been something called inflation that has been in the news lately. Sure. And also, time has passed.
0: Yeah. Um. So t- fifty-five is a uh, cheap round now. I'm happy to pay fifty-five dollars
2: for a decent course and a decent round. You know, like.
0: Is yeah. that when you get into triple digits is that the demarcation where you're playing a, a decent one or is that even out the window now like
2: triple digits yeah you are so paying be, 100 you...
0: bucks or more for a round no 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 no
2: no 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 but like you'll pay 70. okay pay se- i think f- uh it depends sometimes what day of the week like weekends will be more expensive sure at some courses but i wouldn't be surprised if i showed up to a course and they charge me 70 bucks and i've also played other like really nice courses that are i don't know 200 bucks. Like it's crazy what golf costs. It's a really expensive sport and it takes up a lot of time, but you know what? People are still playing it and it's impossible to get a tee time. And I sure wish that some of the people that started during the pandemic would quit. Like, why don't you guys quit? Haven't you had enough of it? Haven't you found it frustrating enough? They got a taste for it. You used to be able to just call up the course sometimes on a day and be like, hey, do you have any open tea times? Now you got to like wake up at six in the morning. You got to have friends that are good planners and Mm -hmm. friends that will plan two weeks in advance or three weeks in advance. And then, then text out, all right, I got these times guys. It's very difficult. The people that started during the pandemic, Please quit. I don't go think that's back to happen. doing whatever you were doing.
0: On the on the lower end of the spectrum of this conversation, I live next to Kensington Pitch and Putt. Mm-hmm. It's packed, I bet, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Like I don't go, mm-hmm. but I you know, I run at the track by there, you know, occasionally.
2: Do they uh, do they do, do, do they do they feel it on the golf course? would be like, it scares the
0: golfers. It's
2: they're they're trying to putt and they're like, ah, oh, that <laughs> elephant is running by again.
0: Regardless. <laughs> I'm around it, and it is just this constant churn of people. And I, I know that that started during the pandemic, because remember, for a large part, there like golf was one of the few out, outdoor activities you could do. And the lineups, because pitching putt's not a There's no reservations, right? You just go and stand in line until it's your turn. And it's massive. Anyway, let's switch from golf to basketball now. I apologize for keeping our next guest on hold for so long. Paul Jones, who was on the call for Canada's win over Argentina last night in Victoria, joins us now on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Paul. How are you?
5: Good morning, guys. And uh, I was not one of those guys that started golfing during the pandemic. But I can see how it goes because I'm an avid golfer. Uh, Note, I say avid, not good. Uh, right. But um, it's, it's like drugs, golf. Once you get a hit, uh, it's it's tough to let go. And here's the other thing, too. Even for people that started during the pandemic, we know how golf is. The golfing gods give you one or two good shots around, and it's like a druggie. You're trying to get it all keep the you time. Back. And you keep going back, and you keep going back. And, and uh, you know, I, my broadcast partner last night, Javon Shepard, uh, he's just kind of recently uh, finished playing with the national team, and he's He's uh, managing the uh, Ottawa Blackjacks right now, uh, their GM, and we were sitting around a bunch of us, uh, our, our Sportsnet crew, our producer David Leader, ISO producer Travis Stone. We're we're all sitting around talking golf, and he says, "Man, you guys talk about golf like 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 you're into it. Like, you know, I I had 150 uphill into the wind, and you know, I, I tried to hit a draw and." He says the way golfers talk about it it's it's true. I mean I've I've been there. We're we're as a golfer, uh we're all we're all kind of hooked on it, and all it takes is a few good shots. Like it's it's and you know what, fellas, I'll say this, being from Ontario, it has gone that crazy in Ontario as well. Hmm. There are waiting lists, never mind for tea times, to get into clubs right now. And and you guys were talking about how expensive it is. Uh, it's it's really blown up. And you know what? That genie ain't going back in the bottle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you, you mentioned you were talking about this with your broadcast partner last night. And the broadcast li- last night, for those that are unaware, of course, was Canada, Argentina, FIBA World Cup qualifying from Victoria. Uh, it was a really impressive result from the Canadians, I thought, against the number seven team in the world in Argentina. Uh, 99 87 and leading the way yet again, uh, Shay Gilgis Alexander who in the games that I've watched over this window with Canada, has looked like a really composed, really dominant, uh, really impressive guy that can play shooting guard, or more importantly, a guy that can play the point and distribute. He just looks like a really, really solid, talented ball player out there.
5: He's just grown and developed uh, in a terrific way. And, you know, people who don't pay attention um, might be surprised uh and and uh, you know not that you guys don't because you just you just laid it out there but he is <laughs> he's one of the best in the NBA i mean he he's young he's a young vet at 24 he's been in the league for a while he's he's you know he's been on a couple of teams and uh he's a 30 million dollar player <laughs> right so you 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 know in the NBA they say sometimes you get what you pay for that's that's a lot of cheese, and he delivers. He's a good player, and um, he can score it. Uh, you know, as you said, he sets people up. And I think what's underrated at times, people tend to look at the offense and and always forget about the other end of the court because the offense is the glitz and the glamour, and it sells tickets and it looks good and it makes the highlights. But he's a really good defender. I mean, his wingspan uh, for a guy who's you know six five, six six is almost you know uh, six ten, seven feet and he used that last night at times. So, uh, he, he's a, he's a really solid player. Um, he, he's a, he's a budding star. He's going to be an all-star. He's going to be an NBA all-star one day. I, uh, you know, I can confidently predict that. And then the rest of the guys follow suit. We've got a great mix on team Canada right now, older guys, you know, I, and I say older, but they're still themselves in that upper end of the category like Shea, as young veterans, uh, you know, with, and some of them haven't played, like a Lou Dort, uh, and then you've got guys like Kelly Olenek and and uh, Corey Joseph, who have given their heart and soul to the program that are thirty, thirty one years old. Um, we, we're in a really good spot right now. I mean, there was bitter disappointment here last year when we lost to the Czech Republic. I sat there and watched it and could not believe we were down by that much, took the lead in overtime, and then let it go. But There was no Shea Gilgis-Alexander or his cousin, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, last year. And that makes a huge difference right now.
0: Now, with all those uh, positive things said about Gilgis-Alexander, all of which were accurate, uh, how much longer do you think he's going to be playing this summer, if at all? Because his Oklahoma City Thunder team just suffered the Chet Holmgren injury. Chet Holmgren, of course, had a season-ending Lisfranc injury while playing basketball, not with the Thunder during the offseason. I got to wonder, I know they let him play last night, but I do wonder if they're going to pull this back given how good he's looked, how he's a burgeoning all-star, and how important he's going to be to the team this year, especially with Holmgren out.
5: Well, there's one more game in this window, fellas, um, and then the next window's in November. Uh, and, I, you know, none, none of the NBA guys will be, be playing in that window. Um, and that's where some of the other teams have an advantage because they shut down their clubs, uh, club schedules to let the guys play national team. That said, there's only one more game. Um, and you know, you, people get spooked by injuries. You can get injured stepping off the curb. You could get injured in a pickup game in the summer. Uh, Chet's happened to be in a more high profile pro-am, but it's, it's, Kind of, I hate to say it, but it's kind of the risk you take every time you go out into the floor. Um, and you could you could be injured in a in an individual workout, come down the wrong way, or uh, you know push the wrong way and, and do a knee or an ankle. Or so uh, I'm sure everybody's squeamish now about what happened with Chet, and it's terrible. Uh, it looks like he's going to miss the year. But I just there's one more game for these guys in this window on Monday against Panama. And then I think they're done because they're not going to be able to play in November uh, or the February window is very unlikely. Also, uh, depending on when it falls, I mean maybe it's an All Star break or something, and in, in that case, guys probably want a holiday. So I I don't think, and, and let's I'll, I'll say this: Canada basketball has also gone to the um, uh, you know gone to the point where uh, gone to the extent of getting insurance for these guys too. Now it's not going to make up for a guy not being able to take the floor, but, you know, contracts are insured and, and, uh, they're, you know, every precaution is taking, but, uh, it's terrible what happened to Chet Holmgren. But I mean, some of these guys, you know, as we say in, in, you know, on the blacktop, they're ballers, they're going to play. It doesn't matter if the game's, you know, out in the street corner or in front of, in an arena in front of 22,000 people.
0: Uh, Paul, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned that the final game, which Gilgis Alexander is not going to play and is on Monday in Panama. So this was Canada's one chance to play at home in front of the home crowd and get that bump and get that boost and put on a good performance in front of Canadian basketball fans. I thought the response and reception in Victoria was great. I watched the game. I thought it was uh, very loud. I was curious to get your reaction about what it was like to experience that because the last time the game was in Victoria against the Czechs, uh, it was a very, very limited fan base that got in. A couple of players mentioned that in the lead up to it, they basically existed in a bubble due to COVID. So what was it like this time around with a full house, lots of energy, lots of excitement and a good win for Canada?
5: Well, I'll say this. Victoria, take a bow. Um, and and I... Listen, as a as a former... CIAU CIS player and knowing what basketball is like in Victoria and you know never being able to beat those those Ken Shields teams at, at the right time. Um, it, it, it's a basketball place. It's a basketball town. It was a great atmosphere last night. Uh, I believe capacity was six thousand, and if we weren't sold out, uh, you know they delivered they delivered at one point to me the attendance numbers, and it was pretty close to a sellout. And fans were great. They were, they were, um, you know, Javon Shepard, my broadcast partner calls him the invisible sixth man. And they were terrific. Like uh, I was talking to Ken Olinick, Kelly's dad. And he said, you know, there was a big cheer for Argentina when they took the floor. And he thought, oh boy, I wonder if there's a lot of, you know, Argentine fans here and we're going to be drowned out. And then the cheer for Canada when they took the floor and, Mm -hmm. and ran out and started to be introduced. They were good last night. The fans were really good. It's a great show. I mean, Raptors will be back here in about a month. They've already been here for training camp years ago. So Victoria uh, is it, a—it's a good basketball town. Um, and you know, the, the unfortunate thing is Canada's becoming—we're we're, becoming—and well, we are more becoming a basketball nation. And the games have to move around. I would love to come back to Victoria, but you know, I know there are other parts of the country. Uh, particularly where the Raptors have preseason games, Edmonton, Montreal, uh, out east. I just came from Saint 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 John, or sorry, Saint uh, Andrew uh, by the Sea, New Brunswick, where they discovered the world's oldest basketball court. Yeah, uh, the, the, everybody in Canada is clamoring to see our team, and it should be like that because our guys for years didn't get to play at home for a long time. I mean, I talked with uh, uh, Greg Wilcher and Howard Kelsey last night, guys that for Canada in the 80s when most of the games took place overseas, Misty Thomas. So it's great for our national team to play at home. And I say that as a board member as well. And uh, I would love to come back to Victoria, but I only have one vote. <laughs> so, um, I'll be back in some other capacity, but uh, uh, I don't know when we're going to get the national team back here. Ho- soon, very soon, I hope.
0: Paul, this was great, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the My- summer. We'll do this again. It-
5: For sure. My pleasure, guys, and and, uh, hey, I I could be back out here in a month for training camp with the Raptors.
0: All right, I'm cool. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, okay, thanks, Paul. We appreciate it. And we'll golf, right? You'll find me at tea time, and we'll golf. Jason's in charge of the tea time. If I
2: can find a tea time (laughs) in this city because of all the pandemic golfers.
0: (laughs) Thanks, bud. (laughs) Okay, guys. Uh, That is Paul Jones, who was on the call last night for Canada's win over Argentina. In Victoria. Before we go to break, I need to tell you that back to school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more are on now at Fido. Visit them in store or on the internet at fido.ca. Uh, coming up, it is Moj at 8 and then the mayor of Surrey, Doug McCollum, at 8 30 here on
5: the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.